Doesn't matter. I found it. You didn't I find know. it. I found it. JJ, you can, you can take all that Star Wars stuff down to your shelf down. It's shame on know, you. Right? Mail it to me. I'll put it up in my shame. house. Shame on right. you. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast. We fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Matson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, like, subscribe, bell notification button, all those things that uh, let you keep up with uh, when we got new episodes and help support the podcast and help us grow. We always appreciate that. So uh, do it. Um, yeah. With that, let's talk about Andor season one episode 10 i i learned something about this show with this episode gents this show was meant to be binged not week by week um i would agree wholeheartedly yeah like because and we talked about last week like the last couple episodes i've been like yeah yeah they gave you what they wanted jj they gave you everything you want in this episode i know i ask and you I, shall receive I know, and and I'm we were asking three weeks ago, and it took them yeah. that long to get it to us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good with it, but what I'm saying is, is like it, the weight, the the in between episodes of the action, don't mean anything to me until the action gets here. And in the age of bingeable television, like this was not built the way it was written and the way it's been filmed is not meant for episodic television. Alec has mentioned in the past where episodic TV used to be cliffhangers every episode. You know what I mean? Like it was, or it was these standalone episodes that didn't need to have a cliffhanger. They were just whatever. These ones, they're ne- they're neither. There's no cliffhanger. It's just this elongated piece of the story that goes over two episodes that sets up the next cliffhanger episode that's really action-packed and cool and if i'm if i'm binging this i haven't stopped watching you know what i mean i'd watch all 12 episodes without in one stopping yeah. yeah like i would stay up all night long i'd call in sick from work like i would not stop watching but when it comes to watching it episodically it's it's been difficult for me i get whiplash like every time we have an episode like this i'm like yeah i love this and then i'm like and we're back to slow like, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not criticizing it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I sat there and I had that epiphany while I was watching this episode. And I was like, this was a great episode. There was so much going on. And I got so much information out of this. This meant, this show should have been released all at once. That was the thought I had. Again, not a criticism, just a thought and, a, and an epiphany. Jeez, I feel like everything me. you said is what's wrong with our society today. We're never happy enough. It's never good enough. But I dare say, I mean, I don't think any of what you said is necessarily wrong. Because I will say, having seen this episode, which was awesome, I already know the next. Because what was was this, 9 or 10? 10. 10. And we have two more? We have two more. Well, maybe not. Maybe it'll keep going. But I'm worried at least episode 11 is certainly going to be like a lull. And then hopefully the end 12 with a bang. But I don't know. They've definitely left me a little skeptical. Could be. I, well, and I don't know. I mean, I think. I don't know. It's a tough one for me because this this sh- this episode, there's so much going on that it could be two pretty epic episodes. 
to end the series, uh, to be honest with you. And maybe not. I don't know. You could be right. There could be a another lull episode in 11 and then a big reveal at 12. What I'm hoping is that we don't get two slow episodes that lead into a season two. Um, Cause it is confirmed. It's getting season two. They, and it's only going to be two seasons and season two will be bonkers from beginning to end. Cause it's going to be leading from more or less where we end season one into him getting to the point where Jin or so finds him. Um, the other thing that this episode I really noticed is, and we've talked about it not being, uh, even though it's called Andor, it's not his show, but that's kind of who he is. Uh, as he, we watched that he, he set Andy Serkis's character on this path of being the leader. Like he, he did the same thing with Jin Erso. He did the same thing with the original heist in this, uh, this series. Like he doesn't take leadership. He inspires leaders and then he gets the job done. Like he figures things out and then he steps aside and lets other people do it. I mean, if you think about it, he could have even with the voice, the vocate, the vocal changer that they had on the announce, it wouldn't have mattered if it was him. You know what I mean? but he still understood that he wasn't going to have the words that he needed to be able to inspire the prison as a whole, you know, that, that um, circus's character was. So it was really interesting to me that that's the choices that he's making. Yeah. Which was really kind of a cool tie in, I guess is probably the best way to put it that, um, he leads from the shadows mm-hmm. a lot like Luthen, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character who does pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. Just on a higher level or higher scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can we just talk about like the two speeches in this freaking show? Like I didn't think it could get any more badass than Circus's character standing over that thing, giving this rousing speech of really well-written dialogue. Um, and everything that's been going on. And then, you know, and it was just really like this rah-rah moment, right? Like you have this character that you've watched change sides because like his whole mentality and the things that he's been living for have just been pulled out from under him. So now he's like throwing all of this to rousing this prison to, to fight and leave. And you don't find out until the end, but knowing that he's most likely not going to make it, out of this deal because the dude can't swim and you know flying in that you're surrounded by water so you don't have a choice like he knew that so it was really interesting but then it's followed up almost immediately by Luthen's speech which was in the same right just as inspiring but so much darker like man cold blooded yeah what a great freaking do they Such have to well just go story. down that far? Just the poor guy, the shoddiest elevator could have not <laughs> worked at any moment. He didn't, he couldn't even open the elevator himself. Had the, uh, why am I forgetting the actual actors, the character's name? Um, Luthen. Luthen. Yeah. Luthen. Sorry. I mean, it, that, see, it was just cool. I was like, man, they, they had to find some abandoned spot for this very one-sided conversation. Yeah. It sucks uh, to be that mole, though. His two-week notice just got rejected by his employer. 
Yeah. Ugh. Like I'm quitting. No. <laughs> yeah. And in the most brutal way possible, like you're trapped. Like, yeah. and you know it. Stop acting like you don't understand. Well, yeah, that guy's screwed. Cause yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're in it till you're dead or they're successful. With dead being most likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause how long before he's in Mira's sights? You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. And I, you know, it was interesting because I didn't see it coming until he brought up like it, it was such a great because the guy's been in almost every scene uh, of major consequence. Right. This guy's just back there. And then all of a sudden he makes this weird suggestion of almost going against Mira or making things more difficult on Mira. Then you're like, wait, that was weird. And I was like, oh, shit, he's a mole. And then they confirm it later on. And I was like, oh, man, that's genius. And the fact that he's and then listening to Luthen admit that they've they've given up allies to him in order to solidify him and make him rise within the ranks like Luthen is cold, dude. That dude is cold, man. I love him. Like, I guess it's what right? it takes. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, that that is the kind of thing. Uh, like, it's such a weird. It, so I guess here's like the part that I'm thinking, too, because I know, Alec, you were telling me that you've rewatched. Uh, what you call it? Um, Rogue One. Rogue One recently. And I haven't, but it got me thinking about Rogue One this episode about the fact that the main line in that is all rebellions are built on hope. Right. And it's so crazy to now go back and look at the absolute utter brutality that is actually what triggers the rebellion and how it's so counterproductive to what, or it seems so it's not obviously, but it seems so counterproductive to what the rebellion is built on and what, drives it forward in the in the moments of star wars that we know versus what really triggered it and what got it going is this 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 cold-blooded provocation that's meant to be it doesn't matter who hurt who gets hurt by it as long as it starts and then the hope comes in right and it's just like oh well yeah there's probably multiple dudes and crews of people that just became a sacrificial lamb yeah well, and he just he's letting a leader, the whole leader of a cell of the rebellion, not just like a guy like this is a whole le and one that if the crazy enough, if um, Saw Gerrera had actually followed the recommendation would have been involved in whatever plan was bringing Krieger to Coruscant like. Now we lose two, right, of the, the rebellion's major leaders. Like, holy shit. Like, this guy's not joking around. He's not afraid to sacrifice anybody to get this going. And we can really see where Saw Guerrero's paranoia comes from. For um, sure. Like, how quickly Luthen is just ready to cut a string. Oh, yeah. If you no longer serve his plan. Yeah. Whatever that There's might no be. And he doesn't share it with anybody. You know, he's yeah. letting Krieger essentially go to his death because the Empire kind of expects him to go there. That's yeah. the only reason. Yeah. He doesn't want anybody asking questions. Yeah. 
yeah, they just, he just wants it to be, yep, you guys figured it out. Congratulations, you're smart. <laughs> it's brutal, dude. And I, but I love it. I mean, it's, it's that level of commitment that it takes in order to get to that level, right? Like you can't just halfway commit and have something at least in his opinion or in his experience. Right. So it's just, yeah. That's why I like this speech. Cause he's giving up a lot of the good things, the finer things of his life. And he's not going to be able to see the fruits of his labors. And I mean, he may die and he's not going to know if it really worked either. Probably my guess is Luthen is probably dead before rogue one starts would be my guess. I don't know. Like, I feel like, when you're pulling that many strings at some point, it's not going to go exactly the way. And he did enough of the spark. I just, for, and he kind of said he probably foresees an ugly death an untimely yeah. death at that, at least. Yeah. When he could just be doing his rare artifact thing, eating good food, putting on that smile and live the life that he could have lived, but he's, he's given it up. And then, Quite the sacrifice. I definitely think one of the better speeches I've heard through a TV show in a while. Like, I definitely felt it. I was, I was yeah, pretty powerful. Yeah. And thank goodness they got Stellan Skarsgård. Or, I mean, you know, on that level of, of actor. Because just for that moment, you need to be able to completely believe what he's saying. And, man, he pull it off. Like, the whole thing, though. That whole scene couldn't have been easy to, like... Cause you, you have to be this cold blooded and then you get questioned, like, what are you sacrificing? You know what I mean? It's just like that, that age old question of asking the person, asking someone to sacrifice what it is that they're sacrificing. And it's almost always worse in that case, right? Like you, you think in the moment because you're having to make a sacrifice that you're the one that's got the worst burden of all, but usually it's the people asking you to sacrifice that actually have it worse. Um, but we don't, see that in the moment because we only see it from our perspective so i just thought it was such a brilliant thing for him to just find and he does it so like you can tell in a moment like it, it was one of those uh and this is why i love actors of the caliber of scars because it was kind of like westworld in that moment in the first season um where ford's sitting at the table with the freaking head of the whatever and he has this moment where she questions him and he like he gets super salty and he's really like he's on the flip on the verge of like losing his shit. And then he calms down again and he goes back into talking. And this, this Stellan Skarsgård did it brilliantly. Like he stutters one word and repeats it like because you can see him saying, how dare this little weasel ask me what I'm sacrificing and has to like rein in the fact that he wants to just lash out at this dude and then just lays bare like. Yeah, you're running a risk of getting caught and sacrificing this kid, you know, your life with your kid. But I have nothing except this. Like, that's how much I've sacrificed. So I, I just thought that was, yeah, it's brilliant. Great writing, too. Like, yeah, it's well done. Well done. Matson, are you ready to be amazed? <laughs> I found a Star Wars Easter egg that J.J. Crowder missed. Yeah, he did. Tell me, because you know yeah. I didn't catch it. So, and this only happened because I watched Rogue One, no joke, two days ago. Yeah. Um, but one of the characters in Rogue One who goes down to fight on Scarif is named Sergeant Melshi. And he meets Andor in prison during this show. 
So at the end of the episode, the guy who's following Andor as they're kind of running off into the sunset or whatever is this same dude from Rogue One that they carried through or tied in to Andor as a little Easter egg. Yeah, and he's the guy they run into in the hall, isn't it? Like before they get to the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wasn't on the same floor as. I think Andor, he was. Was he? Was he? I think and he's, he's kind of like the time. broody type. I think mm. he was across from Andor's cell, and the gotcha. guy who kept talking about um, like giving up or getting mm. out. Okay. But yeah, they met in prison, and we see him first in Rogue One, and then they just kind of retconned him back to this show with the prison days. And cool. I saw it. Yeah, I didn't catch that at all. I didn't catch that at all. Though, yeah, there's. I just didn't. I, and Rogue One's never been one that I've watched. I've probably watched Rogue One like three times ever. Doesn't matter. Um, I found it. You didn't I find know. it. I no, found no, it. JJ, I you, you can <laughs> take all that Star Wars stuff down to your shelf down. It's shame on know, you. Right? <laughs> Mail it to me. Shame. I'll put it up in my shame. house. That's shame right. on right. you. Yep. Fair enough. So that That'd is my, be like uh... three quarters of my shelf there. <laughs> Change That's your my one on JJ. I got change it. your ringtone. The podcast. Change right. your text tone. That's right. You took me down. I love that it's become like a badge of honor to like catch shit before me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it's it. Going on my resume. Hey, I. I this would have been sure. the episode they should have thrown Mark Hamill in for a second, just because you did the sheer amount of people running around the prison. Like it would have just been perfect. It would have been. It would have been. And I might, I still probably would have seen him. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they just, if they had to be one of the people that fell off into the water, like, how great yeah. that would have been. It would have been hilarious. Hey, Mark, we, uh, we need you to fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need you to fall backwards. Come on, guys. He's getting upwards of like 60, 70. He'll break your hip if he falls. Dude. <laughs> Careful. No, but I, they just CGI his face on someone yeah, else's body. Wow, Come on. Man. That's what they've been doing now for the last little while. Um, yeah, no, I think it was a great episode. I, I am excited to see what else comes and, and, uh, where we're headed now with the, what, what's going to happen. I mean, and it, well, cause obviously we have to go back to Ferrex. Like there's no way around the Ferrex thing. And I think to me, it would make sense that my, the mother's sick, but she was refusing to make any change. And in my head, I'm like, she's got to go out being a rebel, right? Because then that's going to probably be what pushes Andor over the edge. Because still right now, he's Andor that's in it for himself. And I think to me, that's part of the reason that he can't, like in this situation at the very least, he doesn't necessarily, he can't lead others the way that others might be able to lead. Because in the back of his mind, Andor does shit for Andor. You know what I mean? And even in the rebellion, like when you think about Rogue One, he's doing it for the sake of this is his rebellion. This is my fight. And he even, I mean, Jin Erso comes out of nowhere and he lets her take the lead. Like he inspires her to give a speech at the end, near the end of the movie. Like this is just who this character is. So I like that they're leaning into that, that he's never been the leader. And he, but he's always been good at basically creating leaders, which is an interesting take on a main character and this is part of the reason i go back to saying this should have been a bingeable show because i would have been much more intrigued by the slower episode slower episodes if i had noticed that before you know what i mean like if i had known that because this is the first time we've actually actively seen him take a back seat 
when he could have taken the lead. Then instead realizing that's not his strength, but he he finds people that it is that it is their strength. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, or at least in, introduce it earlier in the the show, and I might have been more interested throughout some of these slower episodes. But overall, I I'm back on board. <laughs> I I mean I've been there. I never left. And it was good to I'm, see some blast. I'm halfway fire. in the boat. Halfway. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, always the skeptic. Man, I gotta say the two guys is the blaster. What? There's a hundred people on the floor, right? Yeah. And it took them a little while to get up there. I'm like, ah, man, the odds are. I feel like I'd still be feeling pretty decent if I had a blaster and I'm that high up with being able to shoot people. But I don't know. I guess Mike. What, do you really think that much? What I get the idea behind they short circuited it because the water caused electricity to conduct more or something. But I wasn't really sure on the physics on that one. But the idea was cool. Yeah, I didn't physics. Yeah, as I said, I didn't understand it. I don't know if if tungsten because I'm pretty sure that's what the floor. They said the floor was made of was tungsten, and I'm not sure if the the water interacts differently with tungsten as opposed to like a normal metal. Because it it wasn't electricity. I don't think that they were pulsing through it. If I that's what right. I thought they were doing. I don't know. That's what I just assumed. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to go back because I thought their shoes episode, would have been like rubber based or whatever. So then they it obviously didn't conduct it. Because um, if it was that, if it is electricity, then that theoretically could work because the water would like supercharge the charge and then whatever got kicked back to the 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 breaker or whatever would yeah. have, could have overran it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I thought. I was like, yeah, like, maybe that okay. is. Yeah. I was like, otherwise I don't know. I don't, don't think that would have worked. Yeah. Could be. That's probably what it was then. I didn't even think about, yeah, I don't know enough about it. I just know water really makes electricity. Not so fun. Yeah. And I guess most of them were on the table. Just not the one guy. He Somebody's got to go. Zappity doodad. <laughs> Which would be terrible, by the way. But I, I don't know. It's a, it was such an interesting concept because it was like watching people die, and you're like, yeah, but at least they're not living in prison. You know what I mean? Like it was such a weird one way was, out, JJ. I know. I'm out. telling you, that speech, man, it'll get you. It was and, and Andy Circus, what a genius move there. You knew he was going to play a bigger part, but man, I liked it. And somehow in my brain, I'm hoping he survives. But at the same time, like. I kind of hope he doesn't too. You know what I mean? Cause it's the other thing that I think Andor's taking with him is all the people that you lose up until, you know, he's like all these people have given their life to make sure that I can ensure that the rebellion goes on or that we fight against the empire. Cause they're doing all this, sh- these shitty things. So I, I think it's interesting to think about them not making it either. Cause he's just adding a tally of people that he makes friends with and that he watches die. So it's a dark show when it comes down to it, which I also like, especially in the Star Wars universe where there's very little of that. So do we think this potentially ends with his adopt, like his, whatever you call it, we'll just say his mom, not his real mom, but his mom for all trust and purposes is going to die. And that, like we said, that's going to set him off. Yeah, I think so. That would be my, my guess. Cause I, I feel like, 
at some point he's got to go back to Ferrix and they've been playing this hole because the other piece that you have to consider is he's going to have to have another run in with Luthen um, because there's no way to get to rogue one unless Luthen dies without them interacting again. Luthen's too involved. Um, so there's got to be another run in Luthen, which means he needs to go back to Ferrix so that, What's her face can see him. Cinta. Cinta can see him and try to kill him or at least report to Luthen that he's that he's alive and that he's there. And then Mama dies, and that's what triggers him. And that may be what spares him is that he can go to Cinta and say, Look, I'm all in. You don't have to, I don't want, I don't need to be paid. I don't, I'm just, I want to be all in or whatever, something like that. That's what makes sense to me anyway. Because we need to see that that uh, yeah. If season two goes the way that I've been reading from these showrunners, then we have to get to that point where he's he's a rebel, not just a genius for hire. <laughs> so, all right. Any final thoughts? I don't think um, so. Good. Good episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. I'm glad it was a good episode. Um, so there it is. Andor season one, episode ten. Uh, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. Pleasure. <laughs> uh, Dankeschön. That's German for all you Yanks for tuning into our live show for Andor. Uh, we appreciate the listen and any feedback you may have. Shouldn't Matten not speak while he is muted? Should Alec not speak at all? Let us know in the comments below as we enjoy the interaction. It lets us know that you are actually paying attention and we all need that extra little bit of validation to feed our slightly above average egos. Uh, you can catch the boys. That is boys with a Q this upcoming Monday for the live review of peripheral and next Thursday for a live review of Andor. do not miss our release of black Panther Wakanda forever on Monday, November 21st, wherever fine podcasts can be found. Uh, if the airport gods are with me, I should be able to film that. But if not, you will all be blessed with a rare look back in time to the OG. What's our verdict review squad. <laughs> Uh, not seeing your favorite movie or TV show in our current library? Consider joining us on Patreon, where you can force us to watch it and review it. Uh, special thanks to our current patron, John Waters' Silky Smooth Mustache Rides. I bet your life is like the biggest box of chocolates ever. Uh, we love you guys, and back to you, JJ. Oh, thanks so much, Alec. That was fun. The guy changes his name all on a regular basis, so I'm excited to see what the next one is. Um, this one's quite the mouthful. Ha <laughs> <It> ha. <laughs> um, no pun intended. <laughs> and with that, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Oh, wait, wait. Hey. <laughs> Charles was with us. Thanks, Charles. Caught us at the end, my friend. But uh, let me repeat Charles. That. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinematic out.